cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Well, North Bay, Stacks and Jacks. Have time on Android on the board. SP Futures down 15. NASA Futures down 68. Thought we'd be up today after three down days, but not so far. We still have a lot, lot of time left here. We can still bounce, but it looks like we've turned over here a little bit. One of the stacks uh, yesterday, Tesla, was up six bucks during the show. It finished up down like 12. Now it's down another eight today, so it's a pretty reasonable turnaround. A couple of these stacks, I don't know if it's any kind of a turn or just a little uh, pause here. I'm not sure, but if you were long yesterday morning during the show, you had a you got spanked during the day in there. Do we have uh, we have the Professor Lou? Good morning, sir. How are you? How are you, buddy? Uh, damp. We had a monster hailstorm come through uh, come through Denver last night. Um, looking out this morning, I see uh, you know a lot of stuff on the ground from uh, from the trees and everything else that uh, got pummeled. Uh, came in came in waves. You know, normally you get a hailstorm and it it swings through and then you know that's the end of it. And hail hail typically falls in a fairly narrow narrow band but we got we got hit by i think three waves of it last night so that, that that's unusual um you guys are always snibbling about wanting some of our water we'll see how you guys feel how do we snibble back we need some water we haven't it, is it ever going to rain here again we're turning into the desert that's uh that's really interesting because uh i mean i assume it's el nino but uh you know with with its eh, you know, continental wide but who knows you know i uh that's interesting i, I actually after you mentioned that Last week, I, I, I follow up on the loop feed as I always do when you mention something, and they were saying that it's not, it's not really bad. Well, not it's not uh, pronounced yet, and there's some people think it's going to last three months, some three years. And w- one guy was talking about how the because the temperature of the water somewhere else in the Atlantic is is either a lot warmer or colder than normal. They don't even think it's going to have the regular effect it normally has. So I mean, it's talk about up in the air. Well, I, I just I just look for I just look for cause effect, you know, or correlate. Maybe it's maybe it's correlation, but our weather pattern this year is completely different than it has been for the last uh, two years, two oh, yeah. three years that I've been here. So, and and El Nino surfaced. Just enough um, hail to, to bash I, up cars. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah. Um, I wanted to I wanted to lead real quick. I'll just follow up on. Uh, on a story that we had we had talked about some time ago, but the uh, the Hunter, I'm going to just give you a perspective on the Hunter Biden charges that um, I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, I, I think I think the charges are you know the the guilty plea and the the charges on the tax evasion and uh, and the gun the gun charge are probably you know probably consistent with what you would get with somebody who was like a first-time offender what what they're not consistent with is the way the f they're not consistent with the way the fbi would typically use something like this in a further investigation so when when for example the oliver north 
case was going on back in the 80s with this with the special prosecutor the FBI literally threatened Oliver North's mother uh, they told North you know if you don't if you don't cooperate we're gonna we're gonna go after your mother because she's she's had some some kind of a tax issue or something like that the the, the dropping of these cases or the resolution of these cases against against Hunter is is inconsistent with the way that the FBI would pursue a uh, a case in which they had a follow-on prosecution going or some other prosecution going because what you would typically see in a situation like that is Hunter Biden would be a bargaining chip he would be leverage they would they would leverage him against against the other investigations they were going they were working in order to try to force more information out uh, so they would leverage him against perhaps the witnesses or the uh, the President Biden investigation that is supposedly out there, or they would leverage you know they would leverage Hunter directly by going to him and saying, "We're not going to take a guilty plea. We've got you dead to rights on all of this." And uh, oh, by the way, uh, you know if you want to if you want to avoid this, then then what you've got to do is talk to us about what was going on with your deal with Burisma or your deal with China. And by by letting him plead out to these and again I, I think I think the the plea is probably consistent with uh, a deal where you had no further investigations going on, no further wrongdoing alleged. Uh, if it was a, a normal run of the mill person, this is the kind of punishment I would I would expect to see with a possible diversion on the felony on the felony drug case or a felony gun case. Um, but but the idea that you would you would allow this out when you had other major investigations going without using this investigation to leverage more information out on the other ones is is unusual. And I think it's a I, I, obviously I think it was done deliberately. Uh, Jonathan. Uh, Turley, who I follow fairly closely at Georgetown or at George Washington, says says that you know this is a soft landing, a controlled demolition, so that so that um, not only does the does the blowback from the felony and tax evasion charges not not touch the president, but the ability to use that information as leverage in a case against the president has now been effectively eliminated um, and, and that's that that's where I think the, that's where I think the good deal for for the Bidens was cut you uh, people on both sides of this obviously people on, on the right are always be looking for something like that in this administration as justice I I've been uh, as you know or you've heard I've got a group I meet with once a week that are a lot of retired judges a lot of attorneys guys that have done stuff in front of the federal courts as you have so it's, it's a it's a it's a group of lose can, can you imagine that uh um, that's a that's a that's that makes for a really dull even uh, I think. but tell you what some of these older guys got some stories especially in cook county but uh what more bizarre than the next i from what i understand well uh the way these people operate these people these these federal investigators and I would, if it was me, boy, I sure as hell need your help. I would, I would really sort of, sort of, d- d- all of them's out. It, the whole mess is, they are. One of my my buddy Bill tells me, they they get ninety five percent convictions. 
They only take the ones that they know they have the stuff, and they beat the hell up on people to give to get this uh, plea plea deal because it goes down as a conviction. And this goes this goes this, this is a scalp on their on their sore on their spear. Oh uh, yeah, th- well uh, well this is big this scalp. is a conviction and, and of course sure it is. And they, I, they had they that that's why there was no there was no challenge in getting a guilty plea here. A so guilty plea. I, so I'm, where I'm is going kind of a deal is a break. But I I think it is to me my my vision of America which which may be too Mayberry. The idea that you threaten people that if they defend themselves, if they think they're innocent and they defend themselves and they lose there at the penalties 10 times more than pleading guilty. Lou, I think that's unconscionable. And 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 uh, and to be, I mean, this this guy, uh, you know, I, because Martha Stewart fought back, she was in jail. Yeah. Now, yeah the, it, well, I I think I think the Martha Stewart prosecution was, to use your term, uh, unconscionable. And, and so I mean, the, the one guy in the country that that doesn't get it, is this goofy Trump. <laughs> he the more the more you insult these people, the more you piss them off. The more that that they shouldn't be that way, but they are. I mean, it's, they, they, it, this this is not this is not new. One of my guys had a had a case. Some some let, let, let me just let me just tell you that this is not just the F, this is not just the FBI prosecutors at all levels. This is the deal. This is the only deal they can offer. Chase, but they don't. They you? don't get. They don't. Kim Fox. The reason why she's one of the main reasons why she's acting like she's acting is because she doesn't have the the. the the wherewithal, when I say the wherewithal, my guys tell me if she doesn't have video evidence or DNA evidence, she can't win. There's no witness. These guys, Lou, 95% they win. The, the others, that's, that's why if you, if you have something, if somebody you know, tears a hole in your bank account or your securities account or rips into a securities firm, some sort of person who's, uh, who hacks in, they won't even investigate it. Because they're not going to catch him. They don't want to say they failed. They don't. They don't do anything, Lou, that a normal person wants them to do. They pick well, their. They I, pick that, their that spots. Be, and and, and the case. Well, I mean, um, I, 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 I think just, the whole I'm thing needs to be you, redone. Yeah, I, I'm just. I'm just telling you. One, prosecutors do this because they don't have anything else to offer. They have no supervision. The negotiation the, to negotiate over the sentencing. You plead. If you make us take this case to trial. You run the risk of whatever the deal we're offering you now is not going to happen. You will be at the mercy of the federal sentencing guidelines. That's that's de rigueur for, for but that, but it, not it's, just federal prosecutors, but all prosecutors. But it's 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 so egregious that you're liable to to, to say you're guilty when you're not. That, um, that, and that's, that's unconscionable. That's definitely, that's definitely the case. I mean, I mean, they they, they threatened uh, what's his face uh, Flynn, the Trump uh, national security advisor. They they threaten to go after his kid. Yeah. See this this is where this is where the difference is. They don't do that with Hunter, and and that's that's the real break here. Well, I mean they they are they're they're so off the rails. How, how can you even speculate about if you go off the rails for this guy, then you don't, you should really go off the rails for the guy I don't like either. I mean, I, once I, you once I'm you just, start having those debates, you can go anywhere with those. I, I'm just I'm just telling you, and and you know this is. Um, uh, let me let me apply it to the former president. You know the fact the fact that Trump is being selectively prosecuted by DOJ on those documents cases, in in no way, and I think it is selective prosecution, in in no way, in my opinion, you know mitigates his 
his his likely guilt with respect with respect to obstruction and and some of the other stuff that was going on now and, and so I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for you know for for the prosecutors here i'm just saying this is the deal the deal that was cut for hunter is is not a deal for hunter it's a deal for his dad i, I don't i don't disagree with that okay but so, I, but so I, don't, I don't i don't i don't i guess what i don't understand is the the hue and cry when i, I when i first started here in the 19 god it was 81 or something on the floor Somewhere in the ne- in the first few years I was here, and I, I I had not had a board of trade badge yet. There was a big federal investigation over on the board of trade floor, and they had people standing down there in the pits, and you know they undercover people and all this crap. So, so all of a sudden they come down on all these people. Now the the federal people didn't have a clue of what they were doing. It didn't appear to me. So one of my buddies is representing one of these guys. Well, of course they they show up at his house six in the morning in the suburbs with about five people putting them in handcuffs in front of his wife and kids and the whole bit and the neighbors. I mean, all this crap doesn't have to happen. The guy goes to work every day. He's right there. I mean, but... Oh, no, no. This is all this is all intimidation yeah. and bullying and the whole bit. Well, they end, up, they end up going after all these guys, and the idea was they were all going to spill the beans and it was go to the high levels of the Board of Trade and blah, 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 and stuff like, uh, you know, maybe trading them uh, 30 seconds after the close, that kind of stuff. That this was all some huge plan or all, all some organized crap where everybody made money and they were stealing from customers. Simple fact is the reason why somebody traded 30 seconds after the close because some broker had an order in his hand he didn't know he had and said, I got to fill this, and somebody says, I'll fill it for you. It had nothing to do. I probably did that, Lou, 25 times. I don't think I made money on one of them. Never wanted to do it, but a broker says, they, and, and then some other broker would say, well, you just take it out of your account. No, no, no! You don't. You you can't trade with the guy. You're a broker, so I mean, it was always you know. What, what do you do with somebody who deserved a fill, and you didn't get it for him? Well, the, the, what you're supposed to do is the next morning you ac- execute the order, and whatever the difference was of what the guy should have got. Of course, your your customers, if the next morning the price is better, they want the better price, and if it's worse, they want you to pay it, right? So, so it, you know, everybody's involved to, in the sleaze game to some extent. But the fact is that. There's no way that's like a felony. I mean, so they end up, the, the only person who went to jail was some female clerk. They, they, there was nothing there. And yet they, they were at it for like two years, but they had, they had to get a scalp someplace. And all these guys are fined and they're this and they're that. And, but the, all, the, the whole deal was to spill on the, on the guy above them. But there was nothing to spill, Lou. Yeah. No, well, and, and again, I, I come back to an old theme, which is prosecutorial discretion. And, and the more convoluted our federal code gets the more we want federal agencies you know controlling certain things within within our our daily lives or within the operation of our, of our state the more you're subject to the discretion of some prosecutor somewhere who says you know what this will be a great scalp to hang on my wall or this would be a great it's, it's my prosecute, it's my etc it's my uh my road into uh you know some uh Whatever, some huge law firm. Uh, I'm the new Jim Thompson. If I get this skill, or I'm the new yeah. Dan Woods, oh, the yeah, guy Webb. Yeah. No, know. that that's 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 exactly right. But somebody, but the question is, you know, somebody to a certain extent, even the president has supervision through the ballot. But who supervises these guys? Anybody? Ah, the the, the custodian of Ipsos custodus who who will guard the guardians themselves. Yeah, 
Um, we, we have come to rely on the supposed integrity of, of an FBI that, in my opinion, and if you watch the Durham testimony, uh, any of the Durham testimony before, before the House uh, yesterday or the day before, um, you, you understand that, that relying on the goodwill of, of federal agencies is, is a mistake, especially the federal investigative agencies. And, you know, we used to be able to say that the FBI was, was you know, they stood above the, the political fray. And and I mean Ephraim Zimbrils Jr. Well, 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 yeah, and and you know it, it now we, we now know that that Hoover was heavily, you know, involved in politics. Although the only good thing about Hoover was he had so much dirt on everybody that he really didn't, you know, he really didn't. I'm going to say that he he politics, at his level he he was messing with the politics, but I think the the rank and file at the time was a hell of a lot cleaner. Well, well, they weren't they weren't. He was. He was. They, they weren't think, involved fairly, in presidential he, politics. He was fairly careful to avoid getting himself placed under the thumb of a particular president. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that's the case now. And and so, you, you need to. We need. I mean, this is one thing you see with DeSantis uh, and and some of the other candidates saying we're going to we're going to go after the FBI as soon as we get in office because because it's been very clear. With with uh, Crossfire Hurricane and a number of other things that, that that they were basically corrupting their entire process in in pursuit of a soft coup against. against well, Lou, how do you how do you in any any part of human history, you know, and obviously democracies, there's not a whole hell of a lot of history on democracies because there haven't been all that many. Uh, when you reach the stage, because they all sort of fall apart by their own bloat. I mean, Rome, Greece, all of them sort of did. Uh, when you reach this stage, how do you clean it up? I mean, how do you, how, how do you go? I mean, I look at the people that regulate our industry, Finra. Lou, it's a for-profit regulating arm. Who, who yeah, in God's yeah. name would would design something like that? It, it, it is, it, by definition, because, it's because corrupt. You have to, because you have to incentivize federal employees in some in some way. I mean. It, it, it's much like the whole forfeiture uh, system that that runs in a number of in a number of places. Well, between here and Chicago, you know, if you're driving on on I-80 through what is it, Seward County, Nebraska, 20, 20 or five or thirty mile stretch of, of, of I-80, um, you know, they forfeit they forfeit money and cars and personal property like it's going out of style because that's how they fund their police department. Well, um, the, uh, it, it it's it's a it's a problem. The cleanup the cleanup is going to involve whistleblowers and congressional investigations and a an executive. I wouldn't trust this Congress frankly, to, invest, frankly, to investigate Chief, a, uh, to well, investigate a robbery and a lemonade stand. It's it's going to involve yeah, but I'm I'm just saying you're not going to get it all with one of these groups. It's going to involve things like this and a chief executive who is committed who goes in brings his attorney general in and says, I want a complete house cleaning of of the FBI. Anybody who touched any of these files, I want those people fired. I don't can you and, can they even do that? Uh, they it's a process and you have to be wedded to it. And you know, if you're only in there for four years, it may take longer it'll take longer than that to get everybody out. Right, so but, but here's, here's start the process. But how does uh and I'm not I'm just 
playing devil's advocate with you, which I love because I get I get more and more ideas out of you the more I do. What what if you're a George Bush? It seems like every president, no matter I don't know about this guy, but it seems like every president something happens where they never seem to get to their agenda. I mean, Bush was in office. <clears throat> he I don't think he had any idea to do anything like this. But if that was you and me, and we really did, and all of a sudden somebody whacks a plane into a building, all of a sudden your agenda is is not even in the top ten. I mean, it just seems like it. You know, what I'm saying something always happens that puts this stuff. You'd have to focus for six months on this thing, and yet would that be, if you and I were president, would that be our top ten thing to do? It it would be it would be my top ten thing. Oh, to it, do. it's going to be mine too. Yeah. If I, I was if I was a president if I was the president I would be coming in almost certainly as a Republican, and they don't want you in that iconic, party. In a bit they of don't want you. and the federal bureaucracy would be against me. You're nowhere so, near right wing enough to be the current Republican. So well, we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, I you, I do would, you have a MAGA hat? Come in. I would come in and I would I would direct the I would assign my attorney general, and I would say your job. Is to is to go after you know I want you to run an internal investigation through the agency. I want a list of every investigation of, of a politician that we're doing, and I, I want to know who it is. I want to know details, and and I want to know why you know why this is done. I want to know everybody that touched that Hunter Biden investigation. I want them fired. I want everybody that touched you know that touched uh, the uh, the Burisma investigation. I want them fired. Just remove them. And Lou, I got I got news for you, buddy. I would vote for you. All the all the moderates on this show would vote for you. None of the Trump people I know would vote for you. Uh, but that that's that's probably right. But but this is this is what you have to do. I mean, it, and and within that executive branch, you know, the the, the president's got a lot of got a lot of uh, authority. Oh, you know, and, and by the way, the other people I'd go after, Hammer and Tong, would be my public health people. CDC, NIH. Well, let me, I would fire. I would fire every single person who had touched anything. Let me let me ask. COVID. Let me ask you this: Did you ever read a uh, Red Storm Rising? Uh, multiple times. Okay, and, and I, I knew you did. Uh, and you and you obviously are familiar with the life of uh, of uh, what's his name? God bless it. I'm brain dead. The guy. Lancy. No, the guy. The guy in uh, World War Two. A, a oh, general oh, in the uh, army. Uh, war, war and remembrance. No, the, a general in uh, the army. Uh, I, read, I read his book. Uh, George Marshall. Right. Oh yes. Uh, but I'm saying okay. is I guess my question is, in the FBI, in all these uh, these places in the CDC, I as a managerial thing, I've never one of these guys. We have to go to break here a second. But I've never one of these guys to say just get rid of like everybody. But what they did, what they when they hired the the general in Red Storm Rising and and what George Marshall did, he, he knew enough of all the people there. He had that kind of knowledge. I guess my question is, long story short, don't tell it, are there enough good people in the FBI that you could, that now are, are essentially hiding, that you could bring them out, or do you have to start all over? I, I, I think there are probably enough. It's a huge organization. I think there, there are plenty of, of mid-level people who are not touched by this contagion, who you could sit down and and say and and, and promote. I, I the first thing I would do is come in and, and try to identify the bad the bad actors. I would tell the AG identify the, the bad actors and then bring those people in and tell them 
we're going to commence termination proceedings against you, your career is over. You have the option to resign or we're going to fire you. And if we fire you, uh, you know, that'll, that's going to reflect. Otherwise, you can, you can leave for greener pastures. I would do the same thing with the CDC. The CDC needs to be, needs to be gutted. I would say that too. Uh, NIH needs to be gutted. Um, I would go. I would go after every one of those organizations. I would. That, so. So my priorities would be FBI, CDC, and the Department of Education. I would. I would and, go after the, some of the regulatory people in this financial area too. But that's just me. Well, Banks, well I, I don't. Federal Reserve. Where do you want to start? I'm talking. I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm talking about the priorities that that kind of scare me. I, I understand you have a better, much better insight into into the the regulatory aspects of the of the financial markets, and I. I I, but it's but it's become right. it's you, worked you, its the, way the, in this the society. The scary thing is, you. The scary thing is, you. There is so much incompetence and mismanagement in our federal bureaucracy, especially at the top, the people who are setting the directions of these agencies. That that take your pick. I mean, I I, I just I just named three. I would disband. I would I would tell Congress to disband the Department of Education. I would. Just, well, just, I'd, I'd with you. Hey, Westby Futures up down twelve. Nasdaq Futures down forty nine. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. 
That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Holland. Underground the board. SP futures down 12. NASDAQ futures down 50. Dow futures down 114. Individual stacks in the Dow. I got Boeing down 708. These guys have been reeling a little bit since the uh, uh, Airbus got that ma- massive uh, contract of 500 planes. So uh, in Boeing, uh, 500 is a lot. Uh, these guys have to sell so many. I mean, it's an amazing amount of planes per day just to keep their backlog because they're the ones they deliver and everything. It's a you know, it's an amazing operation. Um, the DAX, if you look at their, their backlog, it's still years, but still something like that is not a good, uh, is it, plus they always take a big chunk off list, list price too, so maybe Airbus cut the rate, don't really know too much of the deal, maybe Lou knows more. DAX down 110, 0.7%, FTSE down 82, that's a full 1.1%, CAC around down 85, 1.2%, so they've been hanging in there as we've been going down, and all of a sudden today, not so much. Nikkei down 310, that's a full 1%. These guys have been up almost every day. Hang Seng down another 388. Oh, wait a no, no, they were close today. Oops, oops. And uh, same thing with Shanghai, but they were down a bunch yesterday. They're not open today. I'm not sure what the holiday is, but they are not open today. Yesterday, Dow was down 102, S&P down 23, NASDAQ down 165. That was a full 1.2%. And like I said, there was a big turnaround during some of the high flyers during the day, being the, uh, being the Tesla being number one turnaround. It was up in the morning and turned down pretty good. Nvidia was down. A lot of the ones have been up a lot lately. Uh, bonds, 10-year up two basis points, 3.75. The bond up three basis points, 2.49. Japan unchanged at 3.38. At We've got oil down a buck 59, but still over 70. 70.94. Rent down a buck 63. 75.49. Natural gas down a penny, 2.57. Arbob down six six cents, 2.56. So we're a solid two dollars over Arbob in the Chicago area, which is not good. Uh, gold down 790, 1937. Nobody likes gold either. Silver down 18 cents, 2263. Copper up 2 cents, 393. Crypto, which has been on a, on a run lately because uh, some people are sort of trying to get involved in an exchange. Uh, 30,000, still over 30,000, but just a little bit. 30,004. We've got the US dollar slightly, slightly down. Uh, with the euro at 109.9 and the pound at 127.8, but not much movement there. Andrew, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? All right, it is uh, 6.41 here in Chicago on June 22nd. Starting off with some sports, uh, White Sox lost to the Rangers yesterday and in their game 6-3, and the Cubs won over the Pirates and in their game 8-3. The Diamondbacks lost to the, or sorry, the Diamondbacks won over the Brewers 5-1. Over in Chicago today, the weather is sunny, 
at 65 degrees. It's going to go up to about 81 throughout the day. And over in Phoenix, they're at 77 degrees. they got clear skies. They're going to have a high of about 104 today. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, it uh, looks like all over the board, uh, no major accidents to report today. Uh, however, of course, traffic is building on the uh, inbound expressways, especially on that Kennedy construction. But looks like other than that, nothing out of the ordinary. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Lou, have you been uh, keeping tabs of this, this submarine fiasco, the thing going down to see the, the Titanic? Uh, yes, I have. Um, did you? It, it's it's horrific, and I'm yeah. I mean, are they out? They're, they're gonna. I thought they were gonna run out of air uh, any time now. Well, even if, even if they don't run out of air, is that thing capable of sitting on the ground or the ground two and a half miles down for five days? I doubt it. Well, I'm gonna. I'm operating on the on the assumption that the banging and noises they're hearing are from people who are actually still trying to signal that they are alive. So I, I think the thing is probably capable of, of you know, being down there. You know, it's a question of what the crush depth is, and and I mean, it's not. It hasn't been. It hasn't been that long. The, the real issue, of course, is and has been for the last 10, 10 15 hours. If they can't find them. You know, within they need. I think they need eight hours to come to the surface for decompression and everything else. And uh, if they can't, if they can't find them. You know, it it becomes within that eight-hour window uh, before the air runs out. You know, the fact that they locate, so you know, they locate them within that eight-hour window, it's it's irrelevant. They're going to die. Did you hear the interview with the? I'm going to say buffoon, a one percenter buffoon that. Uh, has taken this trip down there before and, and came back. Some some guy with a bunch of dough. And he starts talking about, hey, hey, you know, when you, when you fill out this form, all it does is tell you it's a big involved form about how how dangerous it was, and it says you could die like four times, like on the, on the front page, like, what's that got to do with the price of rice? That means we're not supposed to look at them, look for them, because you survived and they did I mean, what, 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 how does somebody give an interview like that? <laughs> but why, why does anybody publish it? I, I don't uh, I, I did see part of that interview, and my my reaction was, you know, I understand why you're a gazillionaire because you really don't care very much about people. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, if you make your focus, if you make your life focus earning money, you, you're probably going to earn a lot of money. But you know, I mean, I, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that that's the that's the mentality. But I but I think I think the the measured the measured mentality and response is these people took a calculated risk. This is dangerous. That's why they went. They went. Uh, it's like the guys going up in space. They yeah. went to um, to see something that nobody else is going to see. They can put that on their on their list of accomplishments on their on their resume, and 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 that social that social positive social feedback that they were going to get from having been down on the wreck uh, was enough for them to assess and, and take the risk. Well, it looks and, like it's like you okay, take me to take your that, first your first black diamond run. I mean, you know, it's that's right. And and you you just say okay, you know that God, you know God bless them. This was this was their this was their risk assessment. They had the resources to to go, and and you know I I believe me I understand it. And and it's it's one of the I mean I I've jumped out of airplanes, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> with, you know, a, multiple multiple times. I mean for sport, not because I had to, and and it, it's the same kind of thing. You you. You have this a certain element of risk taking here. Now, you know the question is whether they accurately assess the risk. But I, I absolutely understand what they're what they're doing. I'm I'm 
I, I'm gratified that you know the Navy and and whoever else is out there are spending resources to go try to look for them. Well, what's the um, what's the closest thing you have that can go to the middle of the Atlantic on a normal day <clears throat> that can go go even if you find them? How are you going to get them? I mean, every every my, ship my doesn't carry one of these subs. My understanding is they have uh, remotely piloted uh, vehicles that that could get down that deep and and perhaps attach something to the to the uh, capsule if they could find it and then and then pull it up. I mean, I assume that's how they're going to recover it. Sounds like a big old magnet to me. Well, it's right. Yeah, it's, they have. I'm sure they have. Some, they have something a little more reliable, but but they can. They don't have. A, they don't have a, a what's a tractor beam yet. No, no. But I mean, do you remember the the Glomar? The Glomar Explorer. Why do I know that name? Does that name ring a bell? Yeah, absolutely. The name does. So the Glomar Glomar Explorer was a specially designed ship that was hired by the CIA to raise a sunken Russian submarine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was and it was located. I mean, it was located way, way down. And, you know, it was a very and this was in the what I think the 60s, maybe the 70s. Anyway, they, they, you know, this thing went down and put had uh, big claws on it that grabbed the body of the submarine now the the submarine broke uh, I think about a third of it broke off uh, as they were raising it but I mean they they can the technology's been there for some time to, to do something like this the question you know the question is if they don't think I mean they're, they're, and they're running the rescue operation now because there's a chance people might still be alive once the air gives out and there's no more usable air on this I think I think you you'll stop seeing all of these resources being devoted to that and it will turn into okay if we if we can find or we think we know where the thing is we stumble across it we'll bring it up yeah but but the urgency to to get it is so so i wanted to hey yeah uh, we got we got oh, let me let me lighten the mood here because this is this is one of the most unbelievable stories i've i've seen and, and i can refer all right to. we got to talk about ellsberg in a context of things okay. don't change I, before we before we go into the Pentagon Papers, I'm going to call your attention to the bowling program at Stephen F. Austin University in uh, in Nacogdoches, Texas. Now, careful, Andrew was on his high school bowling team. He's very okay. sensitive. Good. Well, this this Andrew, this will hit this will hit right at right at the heart of your of your high school athletic career. So I'm ready. So there is a. The head coach of the head coach of the bowling team is a the women's bowling team at Stephen F. Austin is is a woman, and and her husband was an assistant coach, um, and, and and the headline in the uh, Lufkin Texas Daily News about this story is spare relationship causes awkward split. Oh, God, <laughs> so the husband has an affair with one of the bowling team members. And and so he's he's. I assume, I assume this is a mixed team. Uh, uh, no, well, no, it's a fe- all females, all, right, all women, all, right. all female team, and and so and so it. Um. So so, you know, it's a, your typical kind of messy situation, and and but but they interview this guy, and he about 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 what happened, and he he talks. Don't don't ask me don't ask me why why you would talk. He. 
so they, they, they ask him, you know, well, what, what do you think about, you know, that you shouldn't be your coach, you shouldn't be having a relationship with with one of your players. Of course, it's not like athletes. they're 15. But... Anyway, well, but you should, you can't, yeah. you, can't oh, yeah, right. you can't do that. And so what he says is, well, I knew it was kind of a no-no, but it's there's not a rule saying it can't happen. <laughs> there's not a law saying I'm going I, to jail. I think at a, at a recreational bowling team, he's probably right about that. But. Well, well, but listen to this. No, I don't. I don't care what the recreational bowling team is. You don't justify an affair with with a, one of your players by saying, "Well, it's not like there's a rule against it." He said, "There's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an <laughs> ethics code, like we frown upon." But there's yeah. no rule. <laughs> then, then, then he says, "They asked him, well, how did you? How did your wife, who's the head oh. coach? Oh, he's married. Boss, okay. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Right, oh, yeah. Right, 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 yeah, right. yeah. How did your wife?" the head coach she's the head bowling coach find out about the affair and he said well she searched my phone and, and then they said well what was what were the messages say and so he says well it didn't have anything in detail it was just about the messages were just about how amazing i am basically in general perspective oh, God. <laughs> and my wife my wife saw that it questioned me and i got to the point where it just built up so much i basically told her the truth after she dug through my phone so so this guy is this guy is like major major clueless and and then they asked him they asked him well you know do, do you think because you know he was not only getting a divorce he, he was fired as the assistant polling coach <laughs> because his his head coach wife didn't like it that he was sleeping with one of the students and and then he said well you know i i had i had a reason to do this because i was a stay-at-home dad while amber goes off gets to go off and coach the team and then she'd get back i'd run the practices while she was back and then they travel again i'd sit back and take care of the kids God. and i felt like i was doing too much for what i was being valued at <laughs> you know there's a million stories <laughs> you, you you can't i mean you can't, even. Just, you, you can't make this stuff up i mean this guy this, well, this will be very interesting. I'm sure her divorce, <laughs> divorce attorney. Oh man, is we are this. my my goofballs that I have a couple of cocktails with a couple nights a week that in the industry. I mean, what a what a, it's like herding cats. These guys, right? Well, they've decided that they want a bowling team, and we so we get together and we'll bowl one night a week, which is perfect for me. I love to bowl, but of course I it said it apparently induces all kinds of of. Questionable, oh God! Questionable justification. <laughs> but of course, I, I just I, you know we're, we're, we're going to be bowling up on the north side. And I said, all right, there's there's going to be two rules on my team, right? <laughs> my team. First of all, nobody has a pink ball. And secondly, you got to have your own ball. There's no way we're going to delay the start of the game because somebody's running around the alley trying to find a ball. You wouldn't believe the pushback. What do you mean? I got to buy my own ball. I said they're like fifty bucks. Buy a ball, will you? Get the thing dribbling. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, the lady who used to work at, at Pullman when I was taken downtown because they wanted to save me because I was a, a guy that they wanted to keep, and of course the place got bought by somebody and we all got fired. Uh, the, the, guy, the lady was a secretary to the treasurer. This guy, Kelly, he was an absolute riot. Low. But he ran a treasury department with five people, four people, that was massive because Pullman Kellogg, uh, Kellogg was involved in there, was Kellogg Brown, they were part of Pullman at the time. All this import-export stuff, everything. I mean, I learned a lot just being next to the guy. Well, she was from the south side, take the Archer Express in, and two days a week, first person in my office is Evelyn. She sits down for about an hour going over, like, every frame of her, of her the night before and how she missed this one. And I said, was your spot off or was your address off? I think the spot, we'd go through this for an hour, two days a week. She was so into her bowling, and then 
And then, but then she was the most unbelievable secretary to this guy. It was uh, they were they were together forty years. Look, he got her out of the typing pool for God's sake. She said she one day she says to me, "I think I've spent three times as much time with Kelly than I ever have with my husband." That's how, I mean, that's how it used to be in those days. Your assistant went with you as you got promoted. So did they. And the relationship, he, somebody'd come in and make a presentation, and uh, and the guy'd leave, and, she, and all of a sudden I hear Kelly bellow out, "Tell that bleep never to come back here." All of a sudden the letter would be, "Sir, we firstly we certainly appreciate your 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 stopping in. We enjoyed the conversation, but as of this time, we don't really have a need for your service." <laughs> the letter would each side, "Tell that bleep." <laughs> Never come. I mean, they, they didn't even have to talk. They knew what they without the other person's mind. It was it was scary. All right, Ellsberg. Well, all right, paper. so so let, let's talk. Let's talk about uh, Daniel Ellsberg. So he he passes away. He was part of the Robert McNamara study group that was convened to basically create a comprehensive history of the Vietnam War. Right. No, no but they were. Enough, but McNamara, McNamara does this. McNamara he did it. Does this on yeah. his own. Yeah. <clears throat> he was Doesn't pretty straight, I think McNamara. Wasn't he oh, the head? Of, he, he was pretty straight. Even he was the uh, he was the head of Ford Motor Company, wasn't he? He was a he was kind of a disastrous secretary. I, I get that part, but was, but he came from industry. And yeah, he was, he was an auto exec. Yeah, he was gonna he was gonna take business business policies into the Pentagon. I'm not so sure that worked. Well, we've had a discussion on this program about the fact that applying normal business principles to uh, military circumstances is is not is not always a good idea, and 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 there are lots of there are lots of other considerations other than just dollar cost averaging and, and, and business efficiency. And the classic example is NATO standardization. So you would, as a business person, you would want NATO, or the French, the Germans, the Brits, and us, to all be using interchangeable ammunition weapon systems and parts because that from a cost effectiveness perspective means everybody can produce the same stuff you can all benefit from the interchange and the same the same uh, parts and ammunition uh, everybody understands how the weapons work etc etc well it, it the, makes sense going in well I mean that that would make sense to anybody with an economic looking at it from a purely economic perspective but from a military perspective the the dissimilarities in the weapon systems fielded by the Germans, the Brits, the French, and us are a nightmare for a Soviet, a Soviet planner who has to contend with a weapon system, for example, if you're fighting the Germans in their Leopard tanks, which have a completely different kind of, of profile and, and range and capability than the British chieftain tanks versus our uh, Abrams tanks. And so a Soviet planner has to, I mean, I mean, there are logistical issues that are introduced for us in getting different parts. So they're disadvantages to us, but they're also advantages because of what they are. Well, that's right. And, and the Russians, the Soviets in, in making, you know, in, in a, a Soviet officer uh, attacking a position has to have enough, in, in, has to have a lot more information about what he's dealing with. Because if he's dealing with Leopard tanks... And, and German anti-tank capabilities, he's got an entirely different problem than if he's dealing with an American unit or a British unit. And he has to know that, and he has to be prepared to meet each one of those three of those three possibilities. Whereas if you're standardized, he, he only has to worry about one. And so just that's just that's just a very simple example, but it's a it's a classic uh, it's a classic one. Well didn't Rumsfeld uh, try and do 
according to our friend Mike Murphy, who comes on once in a while, uh, Mike says that the Rumsfeld, everything was going to be just-in-time <coughs> sort of procurement. Well, he says that's been a disaster in a few spots, especially now that this Ukraine thing is happening. Well, the, the just-in-time, okay, so the just-in-time analysis applies very nicely as long as you have the capability to ramp up your production to meet a just-in-time requirement. We, we don't. We didn't. And the other, the other problem with a just-in-time process is you have to have really good and secure lines of communication to be able to move and, and shipment, to be able to move that stuff forward as it's, as it's required. Um, just in time, just in time responses are are theoretically great as long as the supply chain is is solid and you can move things around. We we saw that happen with the first the first couple of months of COVID, Chief. So yeah. much of our so much of our grocery store and toilet paper, uh, dare I say, inventory was on a just in time basis. And when when that system broke down because people were were being told to stay home and and uh, stopped uh, stopped working, that all of a sudden you you started seeing really severe shortages because you know we weren't warehousing that stuff where it could be it could be uh, accessed same thing same thing with this the the point that i would make about the pentagon papers and and you know again i don't know am i the only guy that was actually on active duty when the war was going on um we were uh my year we were just after all the guys that were in my year if you if you were if you if you lost lost the lottery, if you if you were in the lottery, you went into the war. The deal was you lost your student deferment my year. Uh, but if so, if if you were a low lottery number, Vietnam was they weren't they weren't they weren't, they weren't going to send you back to Vietnam. So I know a couple no. guys who got in and they were one guy drove a truck in Germany. But, but I was I, my, well. But my point was that I was actually on active duty. But you're not old. But you're not older than us. While the war was still going on. Yeah, but you're not older than us. Pardon me. You're not older. I, I'm not, but I was. I was. I was the only one. I think of the group here that that, that probably I mean, was on active duty when that was happening. But anyway, uh, the, the okay. point that I was going to make is that that when I went into my classes at the Air Force Academy, a lot of my instructors obviously were were combat vets. Uh, in fact, almost all of them were. And and you know we we talked about the Pentagon Papers and what what insight it gave us into the decision making, and I, and I think. I think the real, you know, the real measure was just the, and, and this is the same kind of thing we see, you see with COVID. I mean, the more things change, the more they, same, they stay the same. What we saw was the incredible disregard for the intelligence of the American people, uh-huh. the, incredible, yeah. the incredible manipulation that was going on at the highest levels of government to avoid telling the truth about what the purpose was of our being in Vietnam, how we were how we were fighting the war, um, how how our commitment to, to put troops in there preceded you know Gulf of Tonkin, how we had engaged in activity that was very uh, provocative with respect to the North Vietnamese, you know all of this was all of this was hidden. Why do we? And, I mean, we we'll, we'll continue this next week because it's a big so what because it has to do with the cla- what's classified, what really is and shouldn't be classified. You know, is it a menu? It's classified. Is it is it real stuff that, you know, somebody gives in the, in the bowels of Congress to a few people and takes the stuff out? I mean, the British seem to. Uh, I, I seem to recall we, we've been on the show. We were on the show when this was happening. The British seem to have a 
a report on sort of everything, didn't they? They actually had a public report of the uh, the Iraq War. Yeah, well, they had a it, they had a ramp up. There were there were papers that were disclosed showing the uh, the influence of the United States on the. Uh, well, they on, said on it, the it was a total goat bleep that they that the the people there knew that that the people on our end who were doing it were, were, were divvying up the oil before they were figuring out who was going to run the place. Well, there was no, we didn't get any oil out of it. Well, no, we so. didn't, but it, the, the guys were thinking about it. I mean, the idea of who was going to run the place after we got rid of Saddam, I mean, there was never any. Who was, who was the goofball that was Rummy's buddy, the, uh, the consultant? Oh, was, uh, Brennan, right? The, the guy that was in charge, of, in charge of the country for the first... Well, right he, no, the there, there, there was an Iraqi oh, guy. Oh, you're talking about the Iraqi guy we put yeah. in power. Yeah. And and the guy lasted idiot. about a day. Yeah, I know. I know. No, it was Iraq. Iraq was a complete, total miscalculation by by our, our State Department people and our DOD people with respect to what was going to happen in that country after we deposed Saddam. And there was there was a definite element within within our defense establishment that said we are going to create a power vacuum that's going to get filled by Iran. They are not that this country is not a, a nascent democracy just waiting to bubble forth. It's a tribal, it's a tribal f- uh, uh, nightmare uh, with with a heavy fundamentalist Islamic well, who, who presence. Drew, we got a we got a dash over. Who, who drew the uh, the lines that created Iraq? Was it was that Churchill? Was I thought it was Churchill and T. S. Lawrence or someone? Wasn't it um, way back. I don't know. I don't know. I, it was. I I think I think the. Iraq, that whole area was affected by the Balfour Declaration right after World War One. Yeah, I thought that the people who did it were like T.S. Lawrence and Churchill. They they, uh, they, they labbed two different kinds of, of Muslims and the Kurds all in one place. Uh, it it certainly was it certainly was a, a British colonial yeah, exercise. Yeah. Anyway, Lou, thank you very much. Stay out of the hail. Your car wasn't wrecked, was it? No, but but they had a bunch of people get beat up at Red Rocks last night during an outdoor concert. Oh God, I don't think hail works well on the drums, does it? No, and it certainly doesn't work well in your head. No. Uh-huh. SB Futures down 11, as if you're at 46. Be right back. Mr. Dan Janitas. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, 
Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Well, welcome to Stocks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. We're to run the board. SP futures down 11, as they took futures down 48. I mean, we're down a little bit. Doesn't look like we're there's any huge push to go to zero here or anything. But uh, we've had a little bit of a pullback for the last three days and maybe a little bit this morning. Uh, nothing crazy after the massive rally we had. But uh, I think a lot of people that buy the dippers are kind of surprised it's lasted this long. Um, a guy like Dan, he's never surprised. He's got this all figured out. Dan, are you a buy the dipper here or are you going to wait a little longer? I'm a sell the rally. <laughs> oh, God. Sell the rally uh, <clears throat> on the equity side. And, and um, you know, we're we're liking the yield <clears throat> on uh, the short term, uh, you know, high yield bonds and the, and the T bills. And, and um, you know, I, I think the stock market is fine. And we're in this sort of steady, uh, steady period here um, before the next um, uh, Fed meeting in July. So there's not a whole lot of new news coming out on the economic front. Um, you've got to do your homework on the individual stocks you buy. This is not the time to be buying the SPY or to be buying an index fund. Um, this is the time to be selecting um, those stocks that do have the most um, chance for improvement. Uh, interesting, um, I'm in Boston and I've done some uh, you know, some client visits and some analysis on, on just what's going on up here, which seems to be quite different than my neck of the woods or even your neck of the woods. Um, as I've been saying, I you know really don't see a recession. When you if if you think there might be one, just come to Boston and, and look at the bidding wars on homes. Look at the incomes that have just skyrocketed. Look at, at the price of everything. It's just outrageous. Um, we are not certainly not in a recession here, and there's a you know a glut of I mean it's really hard to find good workers across all industries. It's just, you know, um, talent is just not there. So, uh, you know, one guy I know, for example, um, he's 68. He was just offered a $100,000 raise to stay on board and, and get a promotion as an engineer, um, you know, with the division of Raytheon, which is based here. It's that type of thing is happening. It's just, it's really outrageous. So, so for like overall <clears throat> view of the market, I would say, uh, it's you know things are looking good 
we will continue to see inflation. We will start, you know, we have started to see inflation come down, but there's a lot of money in the system. And that money is going to continue to... Um, uh, yeah, but only a, few, only a few people have it then. Well, it seems to be a lot of people in Boston. And I think part of the reason here is that the biotech industry just went crazy the last few years. Yep. It's, it's the big industry here. So Moderna and Biogen, I have several clients who work for biotech firms. They are just making, you know, hand over fist. They're just doing extremely well right now in this environment. A lot of these people are cashing out in retirement with, you know, hefty sums of money that just are really outrageous. So, yes, I mean, if you look at the entire country and, and the amount of people who were in that position, it's still relatively small. But if you look at our generation, Tom, of, of um, baby boomers, um, we still represent a large part. We're the ones who've accumulated this wealth. Yes. We're the ones who've accumulated these, you know, retirement plans, a lot of equity and very highly priced homes. I see the other side of it when people are moving to Florida, but people still have a lot of money. That will continue to fuel the stock market. That will continue to fuel the economy. And as I've been saying, and I see it in, you know, very clearly here, the employment issue to me is still an issue. And it's not just, I don't want to sound too much like Lou when I say this, but it's not just, um, you know, it's not having enough workers, but it's also a mentality that's changed, you know, amongst a lot of younger people, not the same urgency or immediacy to make money, not the same urgency to get outside of their parents, you know, basement or wherever they're living, not the same urgency to get to work and make money. Now, you do see that with a fair number of people, but a lot more in this generation than certainly in our generation of people who, kids who just don't want to go to work and don't want to work hard. And what's that, what that's causing is a, um, a big hole of those people who are supposed to be coming in, the younger people who are supposed to be coming in and taking those jobs from the baby boomers who are retiring. So they're either paying baby, the, the baby boomers more to stay on board, or they're just having to pay a lot more with better benefits to get the well, why, why would you, I mean, there's the, the incentive on this, we, we, I talk about this with you know, various of, uh, of the guests, and long-term, short-term, the same people that are bitching about, they really want to be able to hire somebody just right for the right amount of money that somebody else has trained, essentially. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, and, and every everybody everybody's going to bitch, right? You can't get enough people for the right price and all this kind of stuff. But is it a long term situation? I'm going to say, 15 years ago, uh, you know, I mean, if you and I had been parents of kids in high school at the time, would we have even thought of manufacturing engineering or, or electrical engineering or something for somebody? As a as a major, because everybody couldn't wait to get every everything in the world off to China or some other damn place. Well, Very true. Where yeah. was the, you know? And then to turn around and say, where are all these people? Well, duh. I mean, uh, you know. I mean, I. You we have a, a you know in, in preparation. I had a feeling you would be talking about this today. I don't know. I didn't know you were in Boston, but <laughs> the yeah. you know we have the jobs don't match up, but. And again, I, 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 my my nephew and I talk about this every every Sunday because my brother has dinner and the family gets together and uh, and it, we talk about it. They're, they've had people out, they've had applications for people, uh, but they don't actually really want to train somebody. 
Well, he claims their boss is getting to the point where they might have to. Now, they, they need somebody that is a, an inspector because they've had a couple jobs go wrong that they had to fix. Instead of making real good dough, they made hardly nothing. And if they had an inspector that, that you know, goes through the various jobs, uh, they've reached the point where they need a full-time person to do just that. Now, how do you find somebody like that? And he's all the, all the places, just what you're talking about. If you have a a place like Tootsie Roll or someplace, which is, you know, make, they don't have the one plant still here in Chicago. Well, if, if you're one of your guys that's been there 40 years who's a machine uh, mechanic and keeps the damn things running, you can't have, you probably never hired anybody because who, who the hell 20 years ago would have wanted to have their son be, or daughter, I guess, become a machine mechanic when every place is shutting down? You'd say, there's a dead end job. Why don't you win a finance? Why don't you do something Good else? Point. I mean, so now all of a sudden, but is it long term? When this guy's 65, are they going to be begging him to stay if he's 25 now? I don't know. There's a guy we play softball with. I might have mentioned this, a young kid. Well, now he's not young anymore. That's going, he's in a diesel mechanic school. And my brother says, Jesus, you know, I really like the kid. 20 years from now, is there going to be a diesel mechanic? I mean, I mean I, and yet there's all kinds of people. Try and get your car fixed. You you did try and get your car fixed. Good luck. I mean, right. Yeah, know. good luck. I mean, if, or if, good if, luck finding a contractor. Yeah, you know, especially after a hurricane. So, I mean, people are having trouble up here finding contractors at the right price. So, um, and I think that's really the issue is the price. And I think you also hit another good point is the training, because the number of trade schools have closed. We've yep. invested in a trade school, Lincoln Educational. I would not recommend it right now, but. But you're right. So if people are encar- being encouraged to get into certain fields that look archaic or look like they've, you know, they have they've been in downturn, that's not going to happen. And even like going along with that, the same thing with tech, right? Because tech changes so quickly, and people, you know, tech has really been the one area that's had layoffs and a slowdown because it really was overheated. But those skills are, you know, they're very unique skills and is very unique. Um, group of people that end up in that industry, and they're quite different than us, you know, in terms of our yeah. the way we look. They, it's I think a combination of <clears throat> what you're saying, but I also think there's a, I think COVID is part to blame because there were kids staying home from school. There were, it just created in my mind a work ethic that is just not what it has been for so long. And I agree with you, it won't be forever because what's going to happen is as rates go higher, as um, as people are being forced to go back uh, to work, we're gonna, and as unemployment goes up, we're gonna come back and balance. The issue is it's gonna take longer than we expect. I, I'm not so sure, I mean, again, you, we, we, a lot of what we, uh, I don't think you and I ever really disagree, Dan, which is actually bad radio. But we, but we, but we, we know what we disagree think, on is, is the I idea. I think on this one we're a little bit in different places. Well, no, we're, we're different places because you're in Boston, I'm in Chicago. I, right. I, I look in Chicago and I see the incredible demand now because some businesses are coming back here trying to you know build manufacturing facilities. I see the useless Chicago Board of Education in the last five, six, eight years, ten years has not even noticed this. The trade schools that all closed, the Tilden Tax, those places, they're not reopening. They they, they 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 won't move at all. All they care about is their next raise, and if the if the, if the next person that runs a place is the right color, they, they they could care less about this stuff. It hasn't moved at all. And yet now in Indiana, where Kevin is, Indiana people are all over it. 
the the, the, ju- the junior colleges or whatever they are are are, yeah. are, are, are chop chop. I mean, uh, I'll tell you where you can get some people in this country. We have nothing but a crime problem. You know how many people work in not counting police or uh, a TSA. How many people work as private security guards? Now, these people are all able-bodied men and women. The ones around here in the buildings are all 25, 30 years old. They look fine to me. How many people are in that business? What a waste, Dan. Pick a number. Oh, yeah, no, huge. Well, what's your number? I can't even guess. A, I, a million I one. Even, how much? A million one. Are you kidding me? Wow. I'm not kidding you. The, in in yeah. your state, you guys, your, your state of uh, Florida... Let me get the map out here. Uh, where are we here? Florida. You guys have... Uh, I'm supposed to be clicking on Just the one I can click on. Uh, you have 87,000 people or security guards in the state of Florida. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it's a, it is quite different, right? The, and somebody has mentioned... I've heard some of the, the strategists talking about the fact that we do have very... We have, a differenti- we have a differentiation in the stock market right now, right? Yep sectors and all that but we also have a different a uh, very very distinct differentiation in demographics and geographic regions in terms of where demand is in terms of where priorities are um, some of the issues a lot of the issues that that Chicago is dealing with are quite different even than Boston where the crime rate isn't as high where there's a very different mentality um, it's not you just can't lump you know the you know major cities together you're certainly ha- having huge issues in the Bay Area, San Francisco and Oakland with the crime and then that's driving a lot of people out and then we're, we have bidding wars going on here. Florida is a little more middle of the road. I think it's it's not as, you know, you don't tend to have the extremes when it comes to you know economic. The southwest, the south part, Miami's Miami's out of control but, but most of the state is actually kind of um, is doing well economically, but without having either of the extremes that you see on, you know, in the Northeast or in California um, has 167,000 people work security. <clears throat> okay, so it's much lower. California, 167,000. Well, I think when I was walking around Chicago a few weeks ago, I, I, I want to say I saw more cops on the street than people, like tourists. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's recent. That that's, that's just because okay. that's just because people are getting shot downtown. So if you go if you walk around during the day, you'll see in every couple of blocks to be a squad car with the gumballs on, just kind of letting people know that they're that they're here. But yeah, to turn this whole thing around, Dan, and it's something we need. I mean, and the the entire. I mean, one thing that's happened. You mentioned a lot of these people. Somehow or another, we have to stop. I mean, I think we need to stop. I mean, I, I have changes I'd like to make to the tax law. These companies, these companies need to pay some dividend. The idea of of somebody, some of these companies now they're down to like they were way up for a while. Now they're way down. You look at what these these people have made in in, in having the uh, stock options where they they were able to sell at the top and they made like you know two billion dollars and the rest of the people not got dividend one. I I don't know, Dan. This this is kind of wrong to me. I mean, you you shouldn't get paid to your people get paid. Your investors get paid. I that that's that's the way I look at things. But I know that's a very yeah, south side. I, I mean, it's a whole. But I, I I think that we need we need to ramp this stuff up because I want these businesses back here. I want to be doing this stuff. I've had some of my people that are very close to me have had a couple of issues where they they've had generic drugs made in China and the, and the drugs weren't very good. And they've had problems, health problems, because of it. health. Part, yeah, no. The, the, I, sure, I, I, yeah. Bet I bet you've heard the same thing. Oh, we, absolutely. I mean, we, the, got, we, we need to get our ass back together here. And I, I, 
I don't, I don't know where you start, but the one one place you do start if you're if you're short people, the last thing you have is five people standing there in a board of trade lobby with nobody in the building, just standing there act, acting like security. Get a get a, I mean, and, and they're all good people. They're right. the nicest can be. God, do something to help somebody for God's sake. I mean, what are uh, we do, what are we absolutely, doing? Absolutely, yeah. I I'm totally on board with you on that, and I. I yeah, there can't be any disagreement. I totally agree with you. There's, there's a um, it, that it, it's just a clear cut example of this mismatch that we're having. But um, to kind of turn it back to investments, yeah, oh, yeah. one way when you're talking about taxes, one way and just to let the listeners um, be aware of this that I've been talking a lot about T bills. But one thing I have, I mean, we've been buying them the four month um, T bill because remember we're buying in the secondary market. 534 the last couple days, 5.34% yeah, yeah. for a four-month T-bill. And if you're in Chicago, no, um, well, there's no uh, state state tax on T-bills. Correct. And no local tax. So they are a very good investment for people in high-tax cities or high-tax um, states. So there's, um, you know, there's that additional benefit. And if you look at the, quote, after-tax advantage, it's even higher. You know, it actually goes to your your after tax. Um, well, Dan, yield if you if you think bigger. if you think the uh, uh, the five the five percent inflation, or maybe they, maybe they get it down to four, or whatever the way they count it, which is not the way I would count it, but that's leave that alone for a second. But say it stays at five, four and a half, four, someday, somewhere. And right now, you and I are doing the obvious for our clients, which is I say the obvious. You do the best thing for your clients, uh, and we, and we're ended up five and a half well 5.3 like you say in short-term stuff and of course we'll put them in regular bonds or or in 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 stocks when we think the day is there uh but my question is one of these days and i don't you know my timing don't don't ever i'll never say i could pick the day god because i sure as hell can't uh one of these days this 10 year is going to go to five percent and and or this other one's going to come down. One, one of these days, you want to you want to short the six month, and you want to go long the ten. And I don't I mean there's no way with a consistent four or five percent inflation, which it looks to me like we have, that you're going to give money to people for ten years for three and a half percent. I mean that thing is going to pop. I mean you're, you're going to go short this TLT, you're going to long something else. Uh, I, I don't like that TBT, the double long. But, yeah, I don't like that thing. But plus, you really don't. I don't. We don't really do double longs and shorts for people. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't do that. Say it's a good idea. Uh, not to. <laughs> but I'm saying it's somewhere along the line, you're you're going to want to move this bus, and I one of, either these are going to come down or those are going to go up. I don't see how yeah. I don't see how we live like this for another five years. Do you? Yeah. No. See, I agree with you that that will happen because that's that's part of the cycle, right? You got to step back. We're in the contractionary phase, which means things are slowing down, growth is slower. However, as I mentioned earlier. Everything has been dragged out with inflation. It's just a very yeah. slow process. And the Fed moving, I think right now, as of today, we're seeing, you know, expectation of higher rates, higher short-term rates, which is not, which is going to continue to um, make it harder for that um, reversal of the yield curve, if you will, or for for 10-year rates to go higher and, and, and four-month rates to go lower. That's not going to happen as long as we have inflation. It's not going to happen, Tom, as long as we have the Bank of England, England raising rates to 5%. But, you know, Bank of Canada, you know, um, there, it's just in 
we're just in an environment that this is will continue to happen until we get the labor issue under um, and the inflation issue under control and until then we're not going to see the yield curve change remember there's a few other things and I've mentioned this before that drive bonds and I think a lot of people who are equity investors aren't aware of this but we have a lot of countries foreign countries that put money into our mar market because it's still by far the safest place to put money well now that it's offering a little bit of yield it looks pretty attractive to a German investor or you know European investors in general and for some other investors from other parts of the world where their economies are still in flux I mean we have a very different situation in China you can see why people would be looking to us as a safety Dan is that is the when you you can't just run by China because I, I, prom I promised everybody. <laughs> uh, well, I promised everybody this week that I was going to ask you as the closest man: is is there danger there? Is it, when you see uh, Jamie Dimon and all these people running over there? Is is there a crisis under the covers? Yes, yes. It's a very different cultural environment, and 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 I really believe, from an investment point of view, that we really. I mean, we just actually avoid it because we, when, especially when we're invested in stocks and bonds of overseas companies, it's just hard getting information. And as we know from experience, and um, this is just, uh, uh, you know, being straightforward on this, we didn't get a whole lot of information on COVID. We're not getting any information on investments. There's a lot going on there that we don't know about. Well, we're Jamie kind of in our country, and we're complaining about certain things going on here, but we're still way ahead of what, them what do you in suppose? terms of finances and economics. There's a perception that they're doing better and they're ahead of us in technology and all that. But the reason I don't get concerned about that is we're so far ahead in the financial world, in our world, and there's just no comparison. They don't Wouldn't have the history that we have. They don't have the, you know, going back to what the Industrial Revo Revolution over a century ago. I mean, they don't have that history. They don't have the stock market history that we have. They don't have the, their investors do not look at the world the same way that we do. What um, I, uh, I, I'm agreeing with the part about we don't get accurate information. I mean, actually, I think we get kind of no information. But right, I think. Jamie Dimon has some information. I think the head of BlackRock. Has oh, absolutely. Some right, the now, the question who have is, the ends over there. The people who are tuned into the to the country do, but that's a very few number. That's a, a very small number. I guess what I'm saying is, is there a chance that 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 there's a long term capital lurking here or something? I I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not going to predict that because I don't well, know. But there was an article today that just came out uh, this morning that was talking about the risks. You know, some of the political risks of of our, you know, have we become too tied to China in terms of trade and are we too dependent? And I'm very much in the camp that we should be more independent um, because we have the resources here. And that's why maybe in some ways it's a little, I would be willing to pay, and I think most Americans would be willing to pay a little more to have it, and, you know, to have our economy, to be having a lot of these um, uh, companies, pharm pharmaceutical and other companies, you know, setting up um, plants in the Midwest and other parts of the country, I think we would rather be, I think it helps a lot to do our own thing because that's what we've done for so many years. And also it's, the information is a lot more transparent. So it helps investors, it helps consumers, it, hel it helps the average person when they know what's going on. There's still a lot of closed information and you're right, 
those people at the top know. But you know, when you have a country that's talking about cutting rates, I mean, we're in a very different, oh yeah, you know, economic. Well, I mean, look at the, look at the problem we had eight weeks ago. It was at that, I mean, maybe it was a little longer than that, now, ten weeks ago, in a, in a bank that had problems because they don't mark their U.S. stuff to market. Right, exactly. And and, uh, and and all of a sudden they came to a time where they had to get rid of it. Someplace, somewhere, and I, I, I don't know the number. I mean, I, you could probably make a bigger stab. Some people in this country have, have invested in China. It's not $5 trillion, but it's not $5. It's it's some number someplace in the middle there. So, say it's $100 billion, which is probably light. Uh, is that sitting on somebody's balance sheet? You know, like a like a like a thing of Swiss cheese, and if ever you got to get to it, it's worth nothing. I, I, mean, it's, it's, I, I don't I know. I would say yes. I would say absolutely yes. And and I know that because I, I have some friends that have been asking me, I had been asking me over the past year about some some investments in some smaller Chinese companies that basically have gone bust, and it's very hard to get information. And you're absolutely correct. And my th- my thing is when we have better investment opportunities here. Why look over there? Oh, and I agree. Opposite of what most global managers would think, but we've actually talked to, you know, uh, portfolio managers that run global. Um, you know, there's one First Eagle that I've met with their their team recently. They run a the the I mean, yeah, First Eagle runs a global fund, and the they have such a tiny investment in China. They have some investment in Europe. They have more than 50% invested in the U.S. So just as a way of explanation, global means both U.S. and international. Foreign means foreign or international means ex-U.S. So if 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 one of the top global funds in the in the world is investing predominantly in the U.S., they're doing that for a reason. Right. Well, I mean, we had a, we had a dash here, Dan. I could talk to you forever, but uh, we had a guy a guy. They had a guy on the show. How south side is that? Um, and they made uh, don't don't say Teflon, or he'll shoot <coughs> you through the phone line. They they make coatings for pots and pans. Oh yeah, yeah. And because the the pots and pans essentially moved over to China, well they weren't going to run it by his place in West Chicago to put the coatings. He had to put a coating place over in China to coat everybody else's pans, right? So I don't I mean he he sounded like that's the last thing he wanted to do, but he was forced to because that's where the that's where the customers went. Now, all of a sudden, if everything blows up over there, I I don't know. I mean, I, I hope he can, but we haven't talked to him in ages. I don't know that he can just lose the plant over there for, with no money and all of a sudden build one here out of his pocket again. I I find there's it very. A, but there's a there's an investment that has to be made. There, there there's a capital investment that has to continue to be made here. Yeah. And I really think you know our administration needs to support that, and it's and it, that I think is what what needs to be done because having, you know, putting making an investment just because you have the technology, the cost of you know you have the labor, and you're right, it all goes back to making sure we have the education to to keep up and to, if not go you know go ahead. But yeah, I I yes, we need to have more um, focus on building um, plants facilities. And everybody's got to be in it. The schools, the schools, the, the junior colleges, everybody. Absolutely. I, I don't see that coordination at all. You know what? I see it in Indiana. I don't see it in Illinois, boy. Yeah, you see it in the, in the south. You see it more in, the, in in certain states in the south. I have a cousin that runs a, a community college, and, and they're they're very much doing that. So it's, 
Well, Dan, take care uh, of yourself. Why yeah. don't you uh, go write a letter to Kenny? Go to one of the park, the uh, the Polkiri restaurants tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know I've driven by several, so we'll try to do that. Is his picture <laughs> in the front of him? <laughs> I yeah, his picture. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> 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 Take care of yourself, buddy. SPV is not only down seven, as if he's down 31, be back with John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, Rough Bay Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Arnold. We're on the board. SP Futures not only down 550. We're creeping back. NSA Futures down 26. We were down more, but. Uh, We've been creeping very slowly back to kind of, well, maybe we'll make break even everybody on the show, who knows. Uh, Dow's only down 87. Uh, individual stocks, we've got uh, Dow, in the Dow, down buck 43. We've got Boeing doing most of the damage, down 608. as They're reeling since they lost this 
plain order. I forgot who that even was. It was somebody, I think, somebody in Asia, but I'm not positive. Um, I should know. Andrew, why don't you, uh, when you get done, when you get done with traffic weather sports, dig and see who got that, uh, who they lost that order to. Uh, the Air, Airbus 500 plain order, just Google that. Anyway, over in Europe, we've got, uh, these guys were down more, but now they've come back. They were down all, well, DAX is down 75.5%, was down a little more. FTSE's down 78 that's a full 1%. Kakaron down 67. That's a full 1% as well. So they're they're hurting a little bit over there. Asia, Nikkei down 310.9%. Hang Seng and Shanghai are both closed today for whatever reason. Must be some sort of holiday. Uh, yesterday, Dow was down 102. S&P down 23. NASDAQ down 165. So we had our third down day in a row. Uh, bonds. That's why I don't think we're going to stay down too much here today. But who knows? I could be wrong again. Uh, Ten-year uh, up one basis point, 3.74. Going up two basis points, 2.45. Japan on change, 0.38. Oil down a buck 32, but still over 70, 71.21. Rent down 136, 75.76. Natural gas on change, 260. That's a big move from 220, so it's up probably 20% in the last few weeks. That's a pretty big move in natural. I mean, no, doesn't appear to any danger going back to like $9 or anything, but still, if you're longing at 220 and it's 260, that's a good, that's a good profit. Our Bob uh, down five cents, 257. We've got gold down 870, 19.36. Gold continues to go down. Silver down 24 cents, 22.57. Copper up two cents, 3.94. We've got Bitcoin uh, up 18 bucks, 30,090. Again, this thing's had a big run up this week. And we have the U.S. dollar. Uh, I'm going to say unchanged, 1099 on the euro, and the British pound 1277. Uh, actually, it's actually uh, down a hair, but not not enough even to talk about. Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic weather sports. All right, it is a 7.38 here in Chicago, starting off with some sports. Yesterday, the White Sox lost to the Rangers 6-3, while the Cubs won over the Pirates 8-3. Uh, the Diamondbacks won over the Brewers 5-1. Uh, now for some Chicago weather. It's currently 69 degrees, sunny skies. We're going to have a high of 81 today. And over in Phoenix, they're at 76 degrees. they got sunny skies. They're going to have a high of 104 today. It's going to hit around 5 p.m. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, looking a lot more red than our first hour. Uh, looks like we do have an accident, earlier accident, on the Eisenhower. Thursday is the new Friday. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, the, uh, there's an accident on the Eisenhower west before Des Plaines Avenue. Uh, it's expect delays up to 20 minutes. Uh, thankfully, that's on the outbound. Uh, but other than that, I guess it looks like just a lot of red. Thankfully, no accidents. Um, but expect some delays if you're coming into the city today. So, that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. We have Mr. Flanagan. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good. Yourself? I'm doing okay. I, I, yesterday I had to listen to uh, uh, Chairman Powell in front of the people at the uh, House, and today he's in front of the Senate. If ever you want to really wonder who the hell's governing us, you got to listen to one of these things. Everybody <laughs> just gives kind of an infomercial on themselves. If we didn't have max vaccine water talking about Every single black person or lady's got to talk about some sort of what. What is he doing to make sure that there's less, you know, whatever? Everybody's more black people make more money or women. What what can the guy do for about that? I mean, what what are, what are they talking? That's an infomercial for themselves. It has nothing. Then you get somebody who comes out and wants him to guarantee that the banks have enough capital to weather wherever the next storm is. How much capital do we have to give them just in case? <laughs> I mean, what? What? It's okay to just make sure they're so proud. Why don't they do that to everybody? Why don't they do that to PTI? 
Hey, how much do you guys need? Like 50 mil to make sure no matter how bad you screw up, you can't go through it? Like, give me the dough. I mean, it would be a dumb idea, but if you're doing it to everybody else, why not me? Just well, saying. Be prepared, Tommy. This this kind of you know attitude and mentality is working its way throughout the business world and eventually into the, the private sphere, too. So we're just getting started here, I think. I mean, who, who elects these people? Nobody. I mean, we all elected some of these in some way or fashion to these you know, you know, positions where they can get on TV and bloviate and get over YouTube by, you know, hurling zingers at people, you know, their, their colleagues on the committees or the people they're interrogating. Uh, and I just have to kind of tune it out for the most part. There's very little of any substance that I can see. And it's all about posturing and getting yourself into the news cycle later that day or improve your fundraising or something else. It's just obnoxious to me. Well, we have... We have a Fed under this guy's watch, and I'm, and I'm not a, a, a Paul Basher. I'm just trying to tell the truth here. Under this guy's watch, we've had people on the Fed board that have been trading. We've had allegations of leaks of stuff. We have people running around giving speeches that are tradable. And uh, and I, why, I would never, because they can't not invite me, I guess, if I'm on the committee. But what if, what if I were to say, by the way, you don't, you don't give out money supply numbers anymore uh, to me. Uh, does that mean you don't you don't collect those numbers? Well, no, absolutely not. We collect them. Okay, who gets them? I mean, why not why not ask that question? I mean, nobody. There's there's so much stuff that we can't even talk about. How, how the hell we can't talk about? How are we ever going to solve it? I guess my question. No, and in a climate where transparency is one of the you know favorite buzzwords, which is, has become absolutely meaningless oh, in yeah. practice. Uh, there's no way you can get information of of the most basic kind. And just, just to pick up on where you and Lou were headed today, talking about the Pentagon papers. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's that, take that. Let's dig in a little more on that because it's an interesting. Because it, it just goes to show you, n- none of this stuff is new. No. And what also is it new, Tom? I mean, we have to kind of like exercise some imagination to remember what the, the mood of the country was back when the Pen- Pentagon papers hit the news cycle. Um, but in, in some ways, the media was just as corrupt and one-sided as it is now. And, you know, the, the New York oh, Times I don't know about, I don't know made about a that. meal out of... Well, the, the New York Times made a meal out of um, Ellsberg because it's, you know... It, it first, I mean, it got the, the, you know, the, the, the news about what had really gone on in Vietnam since World War II, pretty much, that, that nobody really wanted to let out into the public. Um, and it bashed Johnson and his administration for handling it, but it, it was really, I think, aimed at Nixon. Um, and the New York Times would never have picked up the story or made as much out of it had they not known that this would, you know, hit Nixon at a very vulnerable point in his presidency. And then you had the Washington Post do something similar with Watergate. Um, All right, well, let's, which, let's let's back up here because we didn't really get a chance with uh, Lou to explain what this actually was. Uh, Pentagon Papers actually were a sanctioned study of the entire Vietnam history. Right, and Ellsberg had worked on it. Ellsberg had worked on it. This, and this was, but this was ordered by McNamara, who was the Secretary of Defense. Right. It, wasn't, it wasn't like these were just a bunch of classified things that somebody let out. This was, a, this was an ongoing study. That, uh, McNamara did not tell the president he was doing it. Okay, and who else? He didn't, he didn't tell somebody else he was doing it, the Secretary of State or somebody. But but he did it, and here was a study. It was basically a review. 
of the of his entire of the entire activities of the U.S. government regarding Vietnam, starting in '54, for God's sake, right? Or was it even earlier? I think it was earlier. And uh, so it was. Matter of fact, look at the for God's sake the uh, the list here is uh, let's see 40, 47 volumes of the paper. There's forty seven volumes of the papers. Okay, one volume is is uh, Vietnam in the U.S. nineteen forty to nineteen fifty. The character and power of the Viet Minh, uh, Ho Chi Minh, um, is he an Asian Tito, blah, blah, blah. U.S. involvement in the Franco-Vietnam Minh War, 1950 to 54. That's one volume. When I say one volume, and it was the Geneva Accords, okay, and when that was. Evolution of the War, 26 volumes. Uh, this was a massive undertaking of our behavior, essentially, in a country that cost a boatload of lives here, pretty much wrecked a generation in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, you go to the Vietnam War Memorial, there's still, if you can walk through there and the hair doesn't go up in the back of your neck, something's wrong with you. Yep. I, I, but So anyway, they, they get done with this thing. They decide, now what are we going to do with it? And the thing was never published until Ellsberg essentially leaked it, right? Right. But it, but it, was, it, it, it was a study, I don't know if it was ever designed to be published. What do you think McNamara wanted to do with it? Just keep it in his own closet or what? I mean, I... I I don't know. Well, he certainly, I think, wanted it to be available for anybody, you know, in subsequent administrations or in the military or intelligence operations to find out where things had gone wrong. I, th- I do think that there was no reason to document what had happened in Vietnam in that kind of detail unless there wasn't a suspicion and it probably, you know, flat out knowledge that the thing was mishandled from the get go and was turning into a quagmire that nobody knew an easy way out of. And I guess to McNamara's credit and to everybody who participated in it, it was far more honest and forthright in what was what had really happened. It wasn't ever designed for public consumption because as as turned out, you know, it was human. Yeah, how do you how do you how do you keep some so the entire behavior of your government in a place for thirty years, thirty five years, how do you how is that a secret? I mean I mean I, I remember boy, I was like, I was young, but the counterinsurgency, the, the Kennedy commitments, 1961 to 63, five volumes. The Kennedy commitments and programs, 1961. I, God, I remember his name. The Strategic Hamlet program. Remember that, 61 to yeah. 68. The advisory buildup. Remember, they were all just advisors for about five years. The phase withdrawal of U.S. forces in Vietnam, 62 to 64. Overthrow of. Remember this guy, NGO Din Diem. I remember that. I remember that. 63, for God's sake. Then the Johnson commitments. I mean, uh, it's it's you know. All of a sudden, we're we're talking about forty-seven volumes. We're not we're not talking about you know something that fits in uh, you know in in Trump's briefcase. And all of a sudden, Ellsberg. But how how did he even publish them in those days? They were already had videotape or had fish. How did he? How did he even do that? I mean, it's not like he just put them all on the internet. No, I believe he delivered. I don't think these were executive summaries because the New York Times never published the entire thing, but it was a, a serialized story that ran and ran with different installments. And I'd have to go back and, and you know check in the news coverage to see in what kind of bits and bytes this stuff was released. But it but it showed all the deceit behind the Gulf Tonkin resolution. You know, it was an, an engineered pretext for you know increasing our military presence there. 
And, and one thing about the report, and this is, I'm sure, why Ellsberg felt compelled to release it in, in some shape or form, was that it, it showed how the American people have been shamelessly lied to for decades about what, what their children were being asked to sacrifice their, sacrifice their lives for. God, but my, my point is that the, you know, the mood of the country then, as it was during Watergate too, the press and Hollywood and the media generally we're, we're biased. I mean, we don't, you know, we think this is all kind of a new phenomenon, but it, it's been going on for a while. It was very fashionable to bash Nixon on, you know, national television. All this happened, this shows. happened 30 years before Nixon. Yeah, but I'm just, but the climate, when the Pentagon Papers came out, this, this, this was designed in 71. I think that the you know, New York Times picked it up as a way of, you know, calling attention to what Nixon had just done in bombing Cambodia and was doing more of the same things and not being upfront with where this war was headed and no objectives that had been achieved or, or a clean way of getting out of there. But that's, um, that, that's was, there, there were, attention. there were several of the, uh, uh, shall we say, elected officials yesterday trying to put Powell into a corner that the inflation was in, was due to the Biden administration. Well, the inflation's been here since. 2000 and it really picked up under Trump and Biden has certainly not helped it but the idea that this that inflation is a two year phenomenon they're, they're either being totally mis giving people the wrong impression or they actually are dumb enough to believe it or they're just they're just you know, making their next, next election speech against the Democratic guy or something I mean, they're, they're looking for cheap thrills Tom to get points with their party leadership for saying these things too. and it, it, again it, it turns it into a, a politicized battle which is um, not really productive, given how this is t- totally a bipartisan effort oh, yeah. to drive towards inflation. So you, you, you remember I, to, I'd like to compare what, what happened with the Pentagon Papers and, and with Watergate, because the, the expose yeah. with Bernstein and, and Woodward was, you know, more of the same culture that uh, Ellsberg had kind of legitimized, and the, New York, the Washington Post rang itself in on that, too. And, you know, it, it ended up in the whole impeachment fiasco with Nixon and his discredited presidency. The way it's handled now, you know, the media has conspired along with the military to hide details about every military engagement since Vietnam, or to push for expanding it, or lying about the pretext for it, you know, weapons of mass destruction. No bigger cheerleaders than the Washington Post or the New York Times, and they're ill. Uh, so they became, you know, I- engineers of the kinds of things that they, you know, had presented themselves back in the 70s as fighting against all this corruption, secrecy, and deceit. They just became, you know, another arm of it, along with magazines like The Atlantic and Newsweek and and other operations, too. So now we have a far more corrupt military. We have a total mishandling of what we're doing in Ukraine. No no fiscal accounting that you can trust, even on a good day, as telling the story of what we've really spent there. Remember the, the fiasco two days ago where all of a sudden they discovered you know, an overvaluation of our aid, so now we've got more money and aid to give them. No accounting for when this is ever gonna end or what is gonna result in. So I guess we've learned nothing from the Pentagon Papers. Could you can you imagine, John, I'm just going through the, the totals here. Could you, could, totals. The, the, what they did here. Can you imagine this? I can't get over how what kind of a study this was. They they go through the whole uh, uh, routine. Uh, m- remember the uh, the Rolling Thunder program? We, 1965? God, we were in what? We were in grammar school, for God's sake. Uh, Seventh grade, I was. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but they go through this whole routine, 
And then, then there's 11 volumes of justification of the war. Then they get volume A, the Truman administration. These are all public statements of these of these administrations, and they compare them to what's actually happening. <laughs> it just, can you? I I love this. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine them doing like that today? I, I can't well, even. It would, it would it would be you know something for a think tank or or you know an, an interest group of some kind to unravel you know all the blather that had fogged everybody's vision about what was really going on. This was this was done by insiders, you know, with you know s- security clearances and, and documents that you know, nobody really would have had access to except that people totally on the inside. And it's it's kind of I mean it's a wonderful thing that in a way that this could have been produced at all, how it was handled, or how it was disclosed finally, and that s- scandal and you know the we're battling this again now with, with the whistleblower culture that now seems to have taken over Washington. Um, I guess we can't handle the truth pretty much. No, I, well, you know, speaking of which, we have a, one of our friends who's near and dear to us uh, is texting me here about the inflation and how uh, it was, it's, it's totally accelerated under, under Biden. Okay, now, you can, you can go back and say that it was a Jimmy Carter problem, uh, you, you you can be an idiot if you want to be, <laughs> you know, but but everybody forgets the whip inflation now buttons during the Ford administration, right? I mean, uh, come on. I mean, I'm I'm looking here at the federal balance. You know, of course we had a pandemic here again, so I'm not. I'm just stating fact here. I'm not. We the the, the amount of money the federal balance sheet went from four point one trillion dollars on February twenty six twenty when Trump was in office. Trump left office in, I'm going to say, January of 2021, correct? And we're $7.3 trillion. So he, his time in office was responsible for $3 trillion of the money going up in the, uh, in the federal balance sheet. And then once Biden took over, we went from 7.3 to 8.9 under, uh, under him throwing money at it. The first, so he was he's good for a trillion six, and Trump was good for probably three trillion. Those are the facts, right? So, to say that the the inflation is all is all Biden's crazy, to say it's all Trump is crazy, just look at the numbers. This doesn't have to come down on a left or right thing. It, it can't. It's not always the other guy who's at fault. I was never happy with the Carter presidency. But to, to blame the inflation on him is, is economic ignorance, John. It just is. It, it had been going on since 68. It was a long time before Carter, right? Well, it, it, for all the you know, touting of Reagan's policy, Reaganomics, um, what else could, have, could we have expected if you know, Reagan instituted you know, all these you know, tax cuts but never reigned in spending at all? So the spending remained he, just as Everybody remembers... Facebook. First, everybody, if you went out and went the various, you might go to coffee shops, John, but let's say the rest of the guys on the show, like the guys like Murphy and Kevin, they would they would go to the bars and interview people. Not me. I, you know, I'd be in the library. Uh, I would say that ninety percent of people will tell you that uh, Reagan hired Paul Volcker. No, he didn't. Carter did. And if you look at the actual numbers, the intensity of how bad the recession, the inflation was, the worst numbers were in Reagan's first term. And it turned around, and uh, it, but if Reagan somehow had not gotten elected, 
the, the hole in the numbers that have been in his term. Now, I think Reagan did a lot of right things, but we also, everybody champions his, his tax cut. Nobody remembers the, the effect that had on the, on the federal treasury, and everybody panicked, right-wingers alike. And 18 months later, two years later, passed like the biggest tax increase in, in U.S. history. Right. So, but everybody forgets that one. I, I well, got no, I got no problem with Reagan. I actually like Reagan. I, I got no problem. Well, let's not, let, let's just, let's just keep it straight, right? I mean, just saying. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 to kind of round things off, though, time to pick up on the, the Pentagon Papers thread one more time. Um, if we consider, you know, his, his position in history, and there were, there were, not everybody was in favor of what he did back in '71, although. The press generally you know, saw him as a savior and a, a beacon of reasonableness and honesty. But look at look at what's become of you know the culture today, when you've got people like Julian Assange or you know, Edward Snowden or you know the late Seth Rich, you know who all these whistleblowers have either been <laughs> driven from these shores or they've been murdered, and the media never touches these stories and what th- these people have to say or to disclose I think is far more dangerous really than anything in the Pentagon Papers or anything in Watergate. Well, I agree. But you never know it. So, yeah. but uh, I, th- I, I think, think Reagan um, was, in the words of Rostenkowski, who I had breakfast with that personally, he came to the CBOE, he said, Reagan had his point of view, he would always listen to yours, and if he could cut you some slack, if there's a place in the middle, he would always go there. And by the way, once you had a deal, you could count on having a deal. He said he was much more, much easier to deal with than Clinton. You never knew if you had a deal with him. I mean, he was just slippery or, all or over the place. a deal you, you, you despise, but you have been, you know, wooed by yeah. his charm and to the to it. So, so Reagan was, his, it's, I won't say simple, he had, uh, he, he was able to bring things down to the bottom line for most Americans. And, and he, he was an honest guy, I believe. So, yeah, there was a reason why people liked him, and I liked him. Now, wh- whether he was a genius when it came to economics or other stuff, you know, I don't know. But I don't know if is anybody a genius in all this stuff. I had no problem with Reagan. I mean, I honestly didn't. Carter, I think it was, it was a really good guy. I think he brought some bad people w- from Georgia with to manage in, in Washington because he didn't really know the culture, and he brought his people with, and they didn't know it either. So... He, he, he could have moved faster in a lot of areas, but he was dealt a really bad deal. I mean, of the inflation everything, the, the country was in bad shape when he, when he got in there, right? I mean, this guy, oh, gets, yeah. I mean, this guy got in there at a, uh, the ass end of an epidemic and every, everybody's out of work. I mean, I mean Biden was not, was not dealt a box of chocolates. It wasn't no, from... He, he, he and, and his Democratic governor cohorts only made it worse, Tom. Well, I... That's that, yeah. I'm saying that, but day one there wasn't like ten things that you and I could have said. Well, let's just do these ten things and we'll be fine. I mean, it, it was, you know, how many people were out of work? Place was no, shut down. But they for got that. no pushback on vaccine mandates, oh, lockdowns, or anything I, I, I'm not, for an entire two-year period. And and we'll be reaping that harvest for the next you know twenty years probably or more. Um, I, I just, but by, by part of the big shot, though, I want to come back to this whistleblower stuff. When you see how whistleblowers are treated in Congress these days, like people yeah. like Matt Tybee and Mike Schellenberg, who are doing what Ellsberg did, and the Democrats revile them because they see this as politically dangerous to Biden. I, I guess you know you have to think that whistleblowers are 
you know, what one side wants to call somebody and what somebody else wants to call a traitor. Well, John, how do you get, I mean, obviously we'll talk about it more on, on Monday, but, and we, well, you know, we might even ask uh, Mike to pile in because he obviously has views on this, Mike Murphy. Uh, when Somewhere between keeping secrets, there's, there's secrets that we all know that you got to keep. You know, I don't think we want to give everybody walking around with the nuclear codes. But I'm going to say, I'll just lob one out there. Of the 100% of the stuff that's considered secret, 20% of it's a joke that it's secret. And I'm going to say 40% of it or more is just secret because if it was, was, was let out, somebody would be embarrassed. And then there's 40% or, of it. Or that's somebody real. would be murdered. Or, or, or something, yeah. Or embarrassed or worse. And 40% of it is the stuff that people like Mike and Lou have dealt with when they were in the Army. It should be a secret, right? I mean, I, but somewhere along the line, there's a balance, and you and I took the CTA. Or did you, did you go on the Mount Carmel bus? I took the Carmel bus. Oh, yeah. See, and if you took the I CTA. Took the CTA sometimes, although I never told my parents I well, did. I, I would just tell fibs about it. Well, there was, a, there was a poster in there when they couldn't sell the advertising, and the poster said, when the truth hurts, it should. <laughs> And there's something to be said for that, right? <laughs> anyway, SP Futures down 10, NASDAQ Futures down 49. Uh, Jan, we're supposed to meet up with our buddy Daryl. I'll tell you that on the air. And I told him you are the, the hardest part to get around. So soon we have to do that. Now everybody knows about it. They know you're the problem. We'll be back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. I've been out of town. Yes. <laughs> Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.